Hello everyone, it's Dr. Sam. I'd like to welcome you to my iClarity podcast. This is a show that offers cutting edge information on how to improve your vision and overall wellness through holistic methods. I so appreciate you spending part of your day with me. If you have questions, you can send them to hello at drsamburn.com. Now to the latest iClarity episode. So I don't know whether you know this, but whenever you wear a progressive lens, it, the only part of the lens that's usable is a tiny thread down the middle of the lens. And the lens is designed so that your sweet spot is right in the middle of the lens and everything else is either distorted or blurry. So what that is doing to your eyeballs is that it's forcing your vision into you having to only use your maculas to see. So I want you to get the the gravity of that for a minute, that you are using an optical system that is creating more stress in two areas that are weak for you. The first is the macula, and the second is when you don't use your peripheral vision, your inner ear stops working. Yeah. Oh my God. Okay. okay. So, well, this is great because, you know, there's lots of solutions here. And I, I probably have a hundred things I can give you today. But these two things are simple and they could be a game changer for you. So here's what I'm going to suggest um, that we can talk uh, kind of theoretically for a minute and then I can follow it up with practical, a practical solution. So theoretically, <clears throat> what it is is that um, the distance or the, the circumstance where you feel like you're using your eyes the most might be the first place for you to get a prescription that is a single vision prescription. Now, that could be, so like just for example, for driving, the only part of the lens that's usable for driving is probably the top fourth of the lens. So, you're basically having to cram all of your vision through that top part when you're driving. Or if you're on a computer or you're playing the piano, there's only a small part of the middle lens that you're able to use. And again, it's the maculas that are getting stressed because that's the only part of the retina you're able to access with that tiny window. Now with the reading, uh, it's the same, you're reading, it's the same thing if you're reading a book or something like that. And you know, eye doctors think that, well, if we increase the prescription, that could help. But actually when you start increasing the prescription, 
you're tightening your eyes even more. And in astigmatism, astigmatism means the eye is shaped more like an egg and it creates a warp in your vision. And if anything, you want to pull back from the astigmatism correction because that actually could reduce some of the warp and distortion that your maculas are trying to look through. So here's an interesting experiment that you could do without the astigmatism, and it won't cost you a lot. And what it is is this. When I look at your, your distance prescription, you have a little bit of nearsightedness, hardly at all. And then you've got some astigmatism in each eye, more in the left than the right. And then you've got your, your magnifying part in the, um, in the bifocal. What if, just for the heck of it, you went into the drugstore, and my suggestion would be to get a plus 2.00 with no astigmatism and see how you read with it. You know, you could take your reading material in with you. At the same time, when you go there, maybe take some music and put on a weaker prescription, maybe a plus 1.25 or a plus 1.5 You'll have to kind of hold the music where you like to hold it and see if you can pick up the notes. Two things that are going to be really cool for you. First of all, you're going to be looking through a much bigger window, which is going to, it's not going to spotlight the macula as much. So if there is some distortion in the macula, basically that's all you're seeing right now through the progressive lens. The progressive lens is amplifying what's distorting for you. But if you have a bigger window, you now are including 95% of your vision that right now you're not able to do, which is the periphery. And if you can see things clearly without strain, without the astigmatism, as you start wearing the lenses, then the astigmatism is going to start to go away. So the warp and the, the distortion is going to go away. And if you're still struggling a little bit, like, oh, you know, this is better, but it's not 100%, then what I would do is I would write you a prescription where I would balance the astigmatism so that your eyes would have a direction to go to come more into balance because when you correct the eyes differently, it reinforces the difference. When you correct the eyes in a symmetrical way, then the eyes are working towards some more collaborative experience. And so with some of my patients, they're so reinforced by wearing the astigmatism for so long, I can't take it away from them right away. So I balance it and I give them less and their eyes have more space to be able to focus and work together. And what, by you going to the drugstore and you saying, you know, the 2.00 is pretty good for me for reading. I could write you a prescription in a single vision 
that would be 2.00 with some of the astigmatism and that would clear things up even more but i'm not going to i'm not going to overcorrect you because optically when somebody is trying to overcorrect first of all you're in a stressful situation in the exam room and you're kind of in a high hypervigilant state your eyes are going to be locked into that very stressed position and so I saw here you've gotten some craniosacral treatment. So I I, I, I went I went. That's okay. I, the reason why you'll have a you'll have a, a context here. So about twenty five years ago, I went back to massage school and I became a craniosacral therapist and I'm an eye doctor. So people would come in and I'd measure their eyes with you know like what your doctors are doing, and then I would do about a half hour of craniosacral therapy. And then when I'd measure people's eyes, their prescription was about 30% less than when they walked into the office. So wow. I would prescribe that and they would say, this feels so relaxing on my eyes and I see more clearly. Whereas if I give them 100% of the prescription, there's no space and there's a lockdown in how the eyes are seeing. and the stronger the prescription, the more the macula is doing all the work. And okay. what we want to do is we want to move you away from exclusively depending on your maculas. That is causing some of this pucker thing going on. And I'll talk more about the causes. And I'm talking about it more from a holistic per perspective, not from a, a disease-based perspective or a symptom-based perspective. So that's one thing. And then the other thing is because of this vestibular situation, when I was uh, my first practice, I was in the East Coast and I opened up, I affiliated with a doctor, a holistic doctor in the Philadelphia area, Mainline, which is big medical, you know, lots of ophthalmologists around each corner. And here we're trying to do the holistic thing and I couldn't get patients because there was so much antagonism against holistic eye. So I went to one of the local hospitals and I started to work in doing physical eye therapy with outpatient people who had had traumatic brain injury. And a lot of those people suffered a diagnosis called inner ear deficiency or we would call it vestibular insufficiency meaning that something was wonky with their vestibular system and it very much tied into their visual system and you may or may not have heard in some of my video blogs there is a very strong relationship between our ears and our eyes i call it the sacred triangle the ears and the eyes and the feet help us with orientation and proprioception as it relates to where we are, where we're going, where we've been. So our vision and our ears help us so much with our balance and our ability to know where we are in space. So when you start suppressing or tunneling or ignoring your peripheral vision, you're basically taking a switch in the brain and you're shutting off the vestibular system. So now you're being 
forced into using your eyes to do all of your balance and orientation. And if there's a, an experience, say you're moving, you like you're moving your body, like in a car or some, something that you're doing, it triggers the vestibular system to go, whoa, whoa. And that can create momentary dizziness or disorientation. So with these patients, I began to stimulate their vestibular system as it related to their visual system. And the dizziness went away, the nausea went away, their balance, their orientation got better. And they could leave, you know, in a month they left and they went back to their jobs or whatever. And that, that's the way I built my practice through that reputation, through that funnel, that, that channel, because the ophthalmologist had no answer you know, you've been to them. They're, they're very much in the mechanical. They're looking at the eyeball. They're looking at disease. They're offering you pharmaceutical drugs. And I mean, that's just what the way we are trained. That's the way I was trained. I just happened to study with people in the area of brain science and occupational therapy and functional medicine. So I started to see a bigger relationship of how the eyes relate to the body. And there are only 101 ways that when you have an eye problem, there's probably some systemic, metabolic, and energetic reason why the eyes start to let you down. And you've got several things going on here which suggest, number one, you're not getting enough nutrients to the eyeball. And it's very common as we age that getting more nutrients to the eye starts to wane and this leads to inflammation. So meibomian gland dysfunction or eyelid inflammation, I saw that in the notes, drusen, and then the macular pucker is occurring because what sits in front of the macula is something called the vitreous gel sac. And it is a collagen filled liquid that is sitting in front of the retina. And one of the main attachments of the vitreous is to the macula. And when you start developing macular pucker, the vitreous is shrinking. The collagen is breaking down in the vitreous sac. And because of the shrinking and it's dehydrating, it starts to yank on the macula tissue. So the macula as being part of the retina is like a piece of cellophane. You can visualize a piece of cellophane. And if you start pulling on that, it starts to create some wrinkling in the macula, which is what a macular pucker is. So one of the ways to treat it holistically is to begin to boost your collagen integrity and health in the vitreous humor. When you do that, it begins to expand. It begins to hydrate. The collagen is getting healthier and it stops yanking on the macula. And then if you really give the macula some very high quality, uh, concentrated nutrients that the macula needs, which I'll tell you, you have somewhere between a 60 to 80% chance of reducing the macular pucker.
This is what I've seen with my patients and my social media community of 60,000 people following me. So there are ways and the ophthalmologists, again, are looking at it more from how can we treat this symptomatically? They're not looking at the cause. So there's only so far they can go. I want to make two more points and then I want to hear your perspective. Number one, I don't know completely about this tumor or this growth in the inner ear, but for a lot of people who I've worked with who've had a similar situation, it's a benign condition that isn't really mm, highly influencing it. What this sounds like to me is that it's partly functional. In other words, we need to really upgrade the optical systems you're looking through. And number two, we have to very um, specifically add some nutrients that are going to boost vitreous health, macular health. So there's a functional part to this. And then there's some very specific eye exercises that can help you engage your central peripheral vision in a healthier way. And honestly, I don't see any big obstacles or impediments here if you follow the program. Now, the disclaimer I'm going to make is that doing these, this direction may take you one to three to six months to get it back. And you're going to have times where it may be getting better. It may be getting a little worse, but you should start seeing some improvement and some relief once you start making these changes. I, I have full confidence because basically I think foundationally you're doing a lot of the right things and you're healthy and I think in your vision you might be able to get some better advice in really treating the cause. So I'm going to pause here and I want to hear your point of view and your questions. The castor oil massage combined with the MSM will give your eyes more hydration and it will help the eyelids it will help the vitreous because the castor oil and the MSM will absorb into the back of the eyes slowly. It'll just feel good. It'll, it'll give your eyes a little vitality. Light massage on the eyelids, the outer eyelids. I don't know how, how more simply I can say that, but that's the outside part of the eye, just a drop on each eye. And I'd like us to talk again somewhere in maybe four weeks, three to four weeks. And I want you to email me your um, experiences with the non-astigmatism glasses and the single vision glasses. And then I can better determine what kind of distance you need and whether we need to do something. Um, and so that's kind of the beginning. Everything else you're doing on a natural level is good. The lutein, the zeaxanthin and astaxanthin for now. 
There are other things that we can do for the macular pucker, but we're not there yet. And last but not least, that palming, palming and humming I had you do, I'd like you to do yeah. just like we did it. I'd like you to do that twice a day if you could, especially if you start feeling dizzy. Okay. And I want you to track your movement. So the key in reducing the dizziness is moving more slowly. The faster you move, the faster it's going to trigger the disorientation. So again, the, the thing you're trying to learn here is self-regulation. When I start feeling wonky, what can I do for my nervous system to bring me out of the hole? That's the practice of self-regulation. Thank you for listening. I hope you learned something from the iClarity podcast show today. If you enjoyed the episode, make sure to subscribe on iTunes or Spotify and leave a review. See you here next time.